Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Akinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Are you ready for the word? Yes, sir. Okay, I see some of you looking there. Are you, <laughs> are you ready for the word? Yes. Yeah. You know, every time I'm leaving, even, even my son asked me, he said, are you using PowerPoint today? Today I told him, I said, no, no PowerPoint today. You listen to me. All right. Because this is a direct word to somebody. It applies to that one person that just finished praying. That God is going to exceed your expectation. For the rest of you, maybe along the line, somewhere along the line, you might go back to this message and you might pick it up. And this is God's word to you. Are you ready? This is the word of God to you. Straight from the throne of grace, I'm telling you, there is a miracle ahead of you. I don't know who you are, but there is a miracle ahead of you. I don't know what you're going through right now, but God said I should let you know there is a miracle ahead of you. There is a miracle ahead of you. There is a miracle ahead of you. Open your mouth, personalize. There is a miracle ahead of me. Come on now. This is a me service. There is a miracle ahead of me. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Declare it. There is a miracle ahead of me. I know it. I believe it. I speak it forth. There is definitely a miracle ahead of me. There is a miracle ahead of me. I like you to be very bold. Turn to three or four people around you. Walk up to them. Tell them what is ahead of you. Tell them what is ahead of you this week. Come on. Turn to three, four, five people. Let them know what is ahead of you. There is a miracle ahead of me. Oh yes, oh yes. There is a miracle ahead of me. There is a miracle ahead of me. There is a miracle ahead of me. Friend, I want to ask you a question. I said friend, not friends. So maybe you are that one person that the expectation will be exceeded. What is ahead of you? I want to ask you one more time, one last chance. What is ahead of you? Now let me walk you through the manifestation in a minute. Take your seats. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7 to 9. There is a miracle ahead of me. <laughs> there is a miracle ahead of you. There is a miracle ahead of you. Just that word from God, this is word from God, already changes the way I walk. Hallelujah. Now I have to walk with confidence. Now I have to walk with swag. Hallelujah. You can look at me where I am today, write me off, that's fine. You can make fun of me, that's okay. I can hear your, I hear the laughter in your heart. You're saying, this man doesn't even understand the circumstances. Oh my goodness, he's so dumb. You can't even understand that he's, been, he's received a diagnosis, that diagnosis is not good, that things are not going well. But I want to let you know, there is a miracle ahead of me. You have been listening to the wrong radio station. You need to now change and tune to the right radio station. For the Bible says, whose report shall you believe? God is not the only one speaking. Circumstances is speaking. Hell is speaking. Who are you going to believe? I believe God because there is a miracle ahead of me. I don't know who you are, but I know there is a miracle ahead of me. Tragedy is not ahead of me. Regret is not ahead of you. Sorrow is not ahead of you. Weeping is not ahead of you. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Ridicule is not ahead of you. I'm speaking to somebody. Ridicule is not ahead of you. Uh -huh. Ridicule is not ahead of you. Ridicule is not ahead of you. Reproach is not ahead of you. Reproach is not ahead of you. But there is a miracle. There's a miracle ahead of you. Take your seat if you can find it. Isaiah 61, verse 7 to 9. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. 
Oh, I'm liking this already. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess double. Everlasting, everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Not just for one week, everlasting joy. Not just for 2023, but everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice and I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct the work, the work in truth. And make them an everlasting covenant. Speak to me in verse 9. The descendants shall be known among the Gentiles. Amen. The children among the people. Amen. And all who see them. All of their peers. All of their friends. All of their neighbors. In their school. In their places of work. Everywhere they shall acknowledge them. And when they acknowledge them, what will they say? They will say, they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. Over your children, you will not sorrow. 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 You will not lose sleep over your children. In the name of Jesus. For all your children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of your children. She will not labor in vain. She will not bring forth children for trouble. She will not labor in vain. She will not bring forth children for trouble. If you are the person, give him a shout of praise. Please take your seat. There is a miracle. Is the same yesterday. It's the same today. It's the same forevermore. He said, I am he who lives. It is true, the report you had. I died, but I'm now alive forevermore. Whatever he did yesterday, he can do again today. God is not partial. If he's done it for one, he can do it for us. For God has no favorites. He has no favorites. For the same Lord over all. Thank you, Lord. He's rich unto all. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If your neighbor is not calling on the name of the Lord, just make sure you are calling. Because whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you don't call, there's nothing to answer. God says, call on me and I will answer. If you don't call, there's nothing to answer. But if you call, there will be an answer. God has no favorites. Whosoever calls on me shall be saved. Praise God. The God we serve, please listen to me very carefully, is an originator of miracles. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11, the Bible says, God performed unusual miracles through the hand of Paul. When I read the scripture, one of the day I was reading it, and God showed me something insightful there. For, at least for me, it was insightful. And God showed me that, he said, in this verse now, there were two people there. There's God and there's Paul. Paul is dead. Thank God. On this earth, he's no longer in existence. He's alive. He's alive in heaven, very much alive in heaven, in the bosom of God. But he's not here now. But God is very much active here on earth. The Holy Spirit is here right now. So he's still working miracles. He has not changed. Don't let anybody tell you that miracles are a thing of the past. Anybody tells you that, just tell them PWA. I'm alive today, I can tell you, standing on my two legs because miracles still exist. <laughs> miracles still exist. Miracles still exist. I'm one of those people that was written off. I was completely written off. Obituary was written. It was just Satan had put everything in place. There was no loophole in his plan, or so he thought. <laughs> so he thought, for the turn aside, the justice is a man in the face of the Most High. To subvert a man in his cause, the Lord does not approve. Excuse me, sir, who is it that speaks and it comes to pass when God has not signed off on it? <laughs> Satan is speaking. Like he said in Exodus 15 verse 9, he said, my desire shall be fulfilled upon them. I will pursue them. I will overtake them. My desire shall be fulfilled upon them. Satan is roaring around like a roaring lion and he's going around and he's thinking he will devour you. He might have devoured people around you, but not you. <laughs> not you. He might, be, he might be showing you his trophies of the people he has captured, the people he has destroyed, not you. I, 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 I 
need to say this to you. Listen to me, my brother. Sorrow is not coming to your house. They might have sent it, but it will never find its way to you. Reproach is not coming to your house. The arrow of bad news, the fire, he has missed you completely. My God, my God, my God, I thought somebody will receive that. The arrow of bad news, they fired. It has missed you completely. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God is the God of miracles. You see, let me say something to you very quickly. We have in the Bible two ways, two main ways in which God reaches man. Write this down, please. I won't have time to teach because I'm not really teaching today, but I'm still teaching anyway. There are two main ways in which God reaches man. The first one is blessing. Blessing. You call it blessings, but blessing. Blessing. The second one is miracles, signs, and wonders. Blessings or blessings work in cycles. Cycles. Blessings work in cycles. That is the primary order of, for which God blesses man, which God reaches man, which God, you know, interacts with man. Blessing. When he created Adam originally, the Bible tells us in, 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 in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, let us create man in our own image after our own likeness, you know, let them have dominion and all of that. And in verse 28, the Bible says, God bless them, not God give them a miracle. God bless them. Did you see that? God bless them. Not God give them a miracle. God bless them. So it's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. But from time to time, for one reason or the other, this cycle is broken. It's a cycle. You wake up in the morning, whether virtually, remotely, or in person. You go to work. At the end of a scheduled period, you get your pay. You wake up. You go to work. Okay? Scheduled period, you get your pay. It's a cycle. Are you following me, somebody? It's a cycle. You get pregnant, gestation period, 40 weeks plus or minus, you give birth. It's supposed to work that way. God has already put his blessing upon man. You get married, you meet husband, wife, meet together. Normally, you conceive in your womb. God has put this together. It's blessed man. But for one reason or the other, sometimes the cycle gets broken. Now you go to school, you get qualified, you have the skill set, you've acquired marketable skills, you look for a job, you don't get a job. Then you get a job, contract job, you work for a few months, then they tell you no, no more job. The cycle is broken. Cycle is broken. You meet a man, or you meet a woman, you know, you have a relationship, there's chemistry, the man heart enters your heart, the woman enters your heart. Thank you, Lord. What a mighty God was have. <laughs> some of you don't even have a clue what that means. You have never, some of you don't even understand. You just got married. I don't understand. You have never sat at a bus stop where only you just sit down and you're just smiling. <laughs> I mean, some things have not happened. You just sit down. And people are telling you, when the bus will stop, you tell the driver, don't worry, just go, let's go. <laughs> oh boy, I've sat at bus stops, man. Sit at the bus stop, just, just smile to yourself. Just smile to yourself. And finally she said yes. Because <sighs> some of you don't know. Some of you, anyway, it was the woman that came to you and said, you know, let's go out. And you said, mm, I'm thinking about it. So you can't value the woman. For some of you, if you said hi to the woman, the woman said, yes, 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 yes. So you can't value her. For some of us, like, we have to cross seven rivers and climb seven mountains. We, we, we value it. You know, it's not easy to come from rough and tumble and marry elites. It's not easy. It's not easy. First, you have to clean up your grammar. <laughs> you know, the type of things we see when we, to ourselves, when we see each other. Oh, boy, how are you now? You have to clean all of that up. Are you following now? But after you, mar after you get married, after a while, you gain credibility, then it doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter anymore. Praise God. Now it's rough and tough way. Even when I said, I said, oh boy, hey, oh boy, how are you now? Nothing. She said, is that your friend? That's my brother. That's my pal. What? What's she going to say? She has married me with everything. Praise God. When the cycle of blessings is broken, that's when you need a miracle. And from time to time, listen to me very well. As long as you live on this part of eternity, that cycle will be broken or delayed. So you need a miracle. You need a miracle. You need a miracle. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 29. Matthew 14, 22 to 29. So our anchor text. Immediately, pay attention now if you've not been paying attention. That one person that God has sent me to today that he wants to exceed his expectation. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Okay, keep going, please. Keep going, just keep going. Okay. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed. The boat was now in the middle of the sea. The boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves for the wind. The wind. It tells us the reason why it was tossed by the waves. He said the wind was contrary. Let's start from verse 22 again, please. Let's start from verse 22. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. You know, in the original translation, it says Jesus compelled them, compelled them to get into the boat. You see, there are things we go through in life that when the journey started, all right, we know it was, we felt a very strong impression by God to do it. I felt led by God to go and study this. I felt led by God to go back to school. I felt led by God to come to Canada. Hmm. Only for you to get to Ontario and you find out that the people in Ontario, they have a saying that says, yours to discover. <laughs> you know, so where is God in this? <laughs> Jesus was the one that urged them and said, let's go. The last time they went to the other side, Jesus was on the boat with them. Literally, they can touch Jesus. You see, in our Christian adventure, God expects you and I to grow. There will be times when you can feel the presence of God. You know God is there with you. You feel it. You perceive it. You see signs that God is there with you. You are in the boat. When there's a storm, you say, not the problem. Jesus is here. Both of us will not die together. And Jesus rises up and says, peace, be still. And you say, did I not tell you storm? You are going to be still. But now there's some time when Jesus said, you go in the boat. And Jesus, where are you? So where is Jesus? Verse 23. He was in the mountain. He was praying. Right now, he's at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us. He was praying for them. He has not left you alone. You don't know it. But Christ today, through his body on earth, the church, has raised up people that are interceding for you, but they're not even telling you. They're not even telling you. So the ones that have come to you to tell you, I'm with you. I'm praying for you. Sister, please, what's the prayer point that should be praying for you? All those people don't really pray for you. They're just looking for gossip. What should I tell you? What prayer should I tell you? That they've removed my two kidneys? When you go to pray, you're just looking for gossip. You don't need details. Speak to God on my behalf. Just take the scripture. Oh God, intervene. What should I tell you? I can't breathe. And you don't need details. Remember, please tell us uh, so that we can know exactly what the prayer point is. Uh, say, okay, they removed the gallbladder yesterday. Say, okay, oh God, gallbladder, oh God, gallbladder, gallbladder, oh God. Then tomorrow, you say, what did they say? Oh, they, they removed um, they remove my tarot gland. Oh God, ah, tarot gland, oh God, tarot gland. It's not good for one not to have tarot gland. Oh God, tarot, oh God. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a medical doctor. Psalm 144, verse 7, covers all the prayer points you want to pray for people. So anybody asks you, what prayer point should you be praying? Psalm 144, verse 7. Stretch out your hand, O God, from above. Rescue this, my brother. Deliver him from great waters, from the hand of foreigners. 
is enough. And verse 9, Lord, this is what I want you to do for him. In verse 9, let him sing a new song. Put it on the screen, let them see it. Verse 9, he says that I will sing a new song. Lord, this is what I want him to do. Whatever he's going to write now, Father, put a new song in his mouth. That's all you need. You don't need the extra details. Because the details is what you're going to take to your other prayer meeting. And say, uh, please, let's be praying for this, our sister. The way you're sitting that sister, as she's dressed, standing in church, it's only God, though. <laughs> it's only God, though. If you know how many things they've removed from that sister, it's only God, though. The only thing left with that is her brain, though. Her heart is not her own. <laughs> you know, her lungs is not her own. This is not her own. No, 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 no. What do you should pray? pray for me? Just pray someone for the four for me. If you don't have, if you don't remember any other thing, pray that God will have mercy on me. That's enough. Jesus urged them to go, and you know it was a reasonable step to take to go from one side to another side. That's what the way God created us. You have aspirations. You want to change your life. You want to move forward. You want to make progress. Am I, am I correct about this? Am I correct about this? You want your children to be greater than you. Am I still right about this? It's a reasonable aspiration. And everything was going on fine when they set out. These were experts. These were fishermen. They were skillful people. Things were going on well. Nothing was wrong. It was only when they got to the middle. Come on now, verse 23. It was when they got to the middle, Matthew 14, 23, that the Bible says that there was, the, the wind was contrary. Matthew 14, 23. The wind became contrary just at the middle. Okay? The wind became Verse 24, rather, pardon me. Verse 24 was in the middle of the sea. So what is the middle? middle. Not closer to the shore where they left. Not closer to the shore where they will get to, but in the middle. How come it's in the middle that the wind becomes contrary? First, let me give you a revelation right there. If you're facing contrary winds right now, you're actually closer to the end than you think. You're closer to the end. You see, those that are at the shore, they face no contrary wind. Contrary wind doesn't show up for people that are at the shore. At the shore, it's cool breeze. Everything looks cool. Because it's the people that have never stepped out of the boat that don't understand. They've never tried anything worthwhile in their life. They're the ones that keep on telling you, repressing you, telling you you don't do anything. If, if you find me go, going through contrary wind, it's because I left the shore of mediocrity. I left the shore of mediocrity. I'm trying something new. I'm trying something new. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. The reason why I'm panicking to do the closing of my house is because I moved out of the basement. I want to buy a house. If you don't want to buy a house, then you don't understand closing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're saying to me, why didn't you plan it very well? Why didn't you do this very well? Because you have never closed. That's why you say I've not planned it very well. If you have ever closed anything, you will know that. Uh, is anybody still in this house with me? That even the lawyer that would do the closing is confused. He says, no problem, no problem, everything is fine. And three hours before closing, before 5 p.m., then he calls you and says, uh, the way I'm looking at this now, you still need another $3,000. And as at that time, there's no, there's no $3,000. Even you, you don't weigh 3,000 pounds. Then you, they are, you're, they're looking at you and you're saying to yourself, what's going to happen to me right now? You call, you know, Brother Charles. Hey, Brother Charles. <laughs> Brother Charles, how are you, Brother Charles? Ah, ah. Brother Charles, I saw you the other day. Yeah, I was even greeting you. Brother Charles, Brother Charles. And Brother Charles is wondering, what's wrong with you? So, Brother Charles, I don't know if you have many. Say, I have many. Brother Charles, I was just wondering, you know, kind of like, you know, I was trying to close and just wondering if you can just, uh, just, it's not good for long, but just, for a few days, you know, maybe a week, it might be two weeks. <laughs> Just gonna have $3,000 and so, and Raja says, uh, oh, wow, why didn't, ah, if you had called me yesterday. And it's good intention. He wanted to really help me, but the truth is just that yesterday he just made an investment of $25,000, you know, that I just made yesterday. And he said, ah, he said, but my brother, don't worry, I'll be praying for you. And here your wife says, hey, have you called Brother Charles? What did he say? He said, yeah, I called him, you know. I think I was just 24 hours late. And what you don't know is that God is the one that made sure that you were 24 hours late before you called Brother Charles. Because in the middle of the sea, 
there's nobody that can come leave their house to save you in the middle of the sea. If you're going through a challenge on land, they can help you. But when you're in the middle of the sea, nobody's coming. Let me just tell you, nobody's coming. That's why the psalmist says, I will look onto the hills. <laughs> there are times in our lives when we go through challenges, we look to our side, we get help quickly. God says, no problem. We look to our right hand side, we get help quickly. And from time to time, God keeps on saying, don't worry. Then God gives you a dream in your heart. You have this strong desire in your heart. You want to go to the other side. And Jesus urges you, urges you, puts in the boat. Because he's developing your faith. Then you begin to row. Hallelujah. You're rowing. And you know, even in the boat, you put in a CD. You have the final say, final say, final, is it final say or final word? Uh, whatever it is, you know, you keep on playing. <laughs> or you can even be playing her, her other song, Look at Me, I'm a Wonder, Hallelujah. Look at Me, I'm a Wonder. All right, no problem. Then you get to the middle of the sea, then you, you know, the wind just changes. Then you say, hey. the wife says, Calm down, but you say, You're a wonder. I say, I know I'm a wonder, but <laughs> don't panic, man. It happens to all of us. Praise God. It's only that have never attempted progress in their life, that have never faced a contrary wind. If you ever had anybody say, I've never faced a contrary wind, they've never done anything meaningful with their lives. They're living on a low level of mediocrity. Things are fine. Middle of the sea is where sup nasty surprises happen. Nasty surprises. That's why they surprise you at work. They surprise you in a relationship. Yes, the girl is fine with you. Yes, the guy is fine with you. But one auntie that is even a that is a distant second cousin to the mother <laughs> is the one that is now insisting that no, she's not agreeing. And I'm putting pressure on that family. And here you are now. You're praying. You're fasting. Both of you are doing prayer of agreement. All of this is orchestrated by God to develop your inner man. In the middle of the sea. Middle of the sea. The middle of the sea is the place where you are paralyzed with fear. You see, I'm okay if I face this wind at the shore before I start. At least I know I might have lost my boat, I might lose things, I might not get to the other side, but at least I'm safe. Are you? Is anybody in this house? I'm safe, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. You know, I, I, I don't have it, I didn't get to the other side. I don't have a job, but at least my life is okay. But in the middle of the sea, ah, now I'm battling for survivor. I'm battling for survivor. Battling for survivor. There's fear that everything I've worked for, I might lose it. There's fear. These people were paralyzed with fear. No place to turn for help. And they, then they needed a miracle badly. Somebody shout, I need a miracle. Come on, this is a prayer. Shout it, I need a miracle. When blind, when blind Matimios, the son of Timios, was sitting by the roadside, listen carefully, for you to know that what I'm saying is scriptural. When he was sitting by the roadside, and they, they heard that Jesus was going by, he didn't have time to say, we will enter your gates with thanksgiving. In a, he didn't have time to enter his gates with thanksgiving into his course with praise. He just shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That in itself is prayer. I need a miracle. That in itself is a prayer. God is hearing the, the cry of your heart. They needed a miracle badly. Let, let me tell you quickly, three things you should not do. Somebody say not do. Yeah, when you are in the middle of the sea and the winds are contrary, these are the three things you should never do. Never. Don't do this. The temptation will be for you to do it. The first thing you should not do, don't apologize for your vision or your values. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. Don't apologize that you took the step to come to Canada. Don't apologize. Somebody saying, you see yourself now, look at the job you left in the Cayman Islands. Look at the job you left. You know, in Ghana, look at the job you left in Syria alone. Look at the job you left in Nigeria. Look at what are you, so what are you doing now? And you can't really tell what you're doing now. Because you're still working at the level right now that is not commensurate with your qualification. And some of you are already thinking, is this really the right move? 
And while you're thinking that, when you sleep at night, you have a dream, and you have this dream that is a bit of a nasty dream called the nightmare otherwise. And then you say to yourself, this is really, really the right move I made. And just when you're still thinking about the children come back from school, they keep running up and down, they shout, you say, quiet, everybody, I'm trying to get up, and they're not quiet. And you say to yourself, God have mercy on me. But don't apologize for your vision. This is the time when some people that have told you to stay by the shore and keep it safe will be expecting you now to stay because they want their own prophecy to come to pass in your life. Their prophecy of mediocrity, their prophecy of did we not tell you, who do you think you are that you want to leave us at the shore of mediocrity? We told you, you're saying that you want to, you want to step out there, white collar job, white collar job, where's your collar? No. We told you to come and work in the factory. You said no. You said no. We told you this. You said no. So they want their prophecy to be fulfilled in your life. But you must always remember, who is it that speaks and it comes to pass when God has not commanded? I'm a grandfather in this country. I've been here. I've been there. I've done that. I have the t-shirt. I can tell you. Many people will tell you many times. They're waiting so that they can tell you. Didn't we tell you it will not work out? But did God tell you it will work out? Don't apologize. Stop apologizing. Don't, don't compromise your values. You stood for your conviction. Stay true with it. You stood for what you believe was right. Stay true with it. Recently in France, recently in France, um, the, the, the soccer league in France, the top of the pyramid of the soccer league in France is called League One. You can check it out. Actually, it's not just the League One. All the leagues, all the soccer leagues in France, they had this week, just about two, three weeks ago, there about, whereby every soccer player, every soccer player for that particular week, they had to put on an armband that reflects a particular group of people. That if you have conviction in the area of sexuality based on your faith, you don't want, you might not want to do that. Many people did that, but there were some one or two players that said no. They suspended them, they fined them, they told them they're not going to play. They said, fine. Fine. They refused to. They said, I'm not going to do that. I'll be wearing the, wearing the jersey and wearing the armband and be running up and down to say, no, I'm not going to do that. But you know the interesting thing? Those people were Muslims. Yeah. Your own people, they can't stand for their conviction because their conviction only stays in the bedroom. They cannot stand for Jesus publicly. Don't acknowledge for what you believe. You don't have to marry an unbeliever. They say, you see now, we told you to marry an unbeliever five years ago. You didn't, by now, you have married an unbeliever, you have moved on. Look at that person, he married an unbeliever. The guy, after five years, the guy got converted. That one married an unbeliever. You see, after a while, we even got pregnant before getting married. And you see, after a while, you see that both of them are together. Who told you? I'm a, I'm a pastor. I know the underground stories. You don't even know. You don't know what makeup can cover. That's why it's called makeup. <laughs> you see, I, I, I don't know this too much, but I know in the whole arsenal of makeup, there's something called concealer. And tell you this, that portion at least was, was invented by a woman. <laughs> and what they're really concealing is not to some way about the skin. They're concealing the pain. Many people use it to conceal pain. Pain in the heart. The pain of the man not being there. The pain of the person you married that is turned to another man. But it's not really another man. He too had used a concealer during the courtship. Now the concealer is off. The veil is off. What are you going to do? Comes back home now with his friend. You know, he's on all manners of things. Now you begin to see the paraphernalia of foolishness around him. Paraphernalia of foolishness that he went to LCBO to buy. Don't apologize for not marrying an unbeliever. Don't deny you're a Christian to please other people. Don't 
cut down yourself to fit in to the group of friends you have. They don't like it that you have grown taller. That's their problem. Let them stand on the stool. Let them stand on the stool. Is anybody still around now? When we started all together, when we're in kindergarten, we're all in the same place. But grace, somehow I found mercy. And grace was given unto me. And you now start beginning to grow. You begin to stand taller. Taller, and I'm talking about that not literally, but in destiny. Do you get me now? Yeah, in destiny. When you were all young, you used to all have these dreams. You draw it out. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. You had all these dreams. Now somehow grace met you. And now God has just blessed you. And now because you want to be the friend, you can't play with us anymore, right? Because now you're chairman, right? Now you're CEO. So we can't be your friends anymore. You can't be. You can't be. What's your problem? Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. And start having a victim mentality. Am I, did I come to the right church? Did I come to the right church? Grow up. Stop having a victim mentality. So you want me to reduce myself? If, I'm, if they call me a CEO and I'm a CEO, then why should I call myself a messenger? Why should I call myself that? That's what they call me. It's, God, it's grace that I found. I didn't deserve it. I've not earned it by any means. But I found grace. But I cannot deny the grace I found. Paul the apostle said that. He said, of all sinners, he said, I'm chief. He said, but you know, I'm what I am now by the grace of God. I can't deny it. Stop denying it. Stop denying it. Some of you have your car. You can't drive your car. You have, like one of my daughters one time, she bought a car, you know, you know, with her husband. Nice car. Husband bought a nice car. Both of them bought a nice car for themselves. Very powerful car. So, you know, she was in my house. And she said, she said to me, Pastor, he said, uh, I was just, you know, she was just being careful. He said, I was just wondering what people say. I would want to have my car. I said, not a problem. I have a solution for you. Give me the key. <laughs> you don't worry about the rest. But now I've driven the car for three years. You can come and take it when it's broken down. <laughs> what, what, what are you hiding? Why? 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 Don't apologize. Don't settle for mediocrity. I pray for you now. Anything that wants you to set you for mediocrity, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I come against it and destroy it in Jesus' name. I destroy it in Jesus' name. I speak over you, you will not set you for mediocrity. In the name of Jesus Christ. So don't apologize for your vision. Don't apologize for your values. Don't apologize for the grace of God upon your life. Don't, number two, don't argue with the people in your boat. Be careful. Don't let offenses tie you down in the middle of the sea. Some people are quick to be offended about everything. This is what Satan does to people. He fires the arrow of offenses. They're quick to be offended. You didn't greet me. You greeted me. You didn't greet me. You greeted me morning. You removed the good. Then put the good yourself. You know? Toughen up. Toughen up. Toughen up. Toughen up on the inside. If you are not tough on the inside, normally ask God to toughen you up. On the inside, like, like you know, Thompson would say, practice advanced forgiveness. Don't argue with people in your boat. Husband and wife, you're in this country, you just come, came into this country the last one year, two years, and things are a little bit rough for you, particularly the men. Particularly the men. You, were, you held a senior office, and you were the breadwinner. <laughs> now you came into this country, your wife is the first person to get a job. And it's really hitting your ego. Hey, yeah. Uh, and you're fighting her. This is your friend. <laughs> you better not fight her. What you should do, listen to me. Don't fight. Don't argue. I know it's tough. I've been there. When my income was zero, I was a pastor. I'm a pastor. <laughs> income zero. My wife was working as a business analyst. Income plenty. But I was very, very happy to help her manage it. <laughs> Every morning in our devotion, Father, we thank you because the two has become one. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't argue with the people in your boat. Don't argue. Number three. Don't accept the situation as final. It's not. The middle of the sea is not where you will end. Yeah. 
Please listen to me. There is no parking spot in the middle of the sea. You can't anchor your boat at the middle of the sea. Because there's no parking spot in the middle of the sea. You have to understand. He brought you out to bring you in. He prepared a table before you. Everything was prepared. You were the last piece of the puzzle to show up in this country. What you will do, where you will go, how you will end, everything was decided by God before he allowed you to come into this country. You have to understand the God that prepares all things before he prepares the people for the place he has prepared. You have to understand that God. Stop thinking that God is planning something for you. He planned it already for you. Just because your eye have not seen, your ears not heard, does not mean that God does not have a plan. You think God is right now having an emergency plan, calling an emergency council meeting of the Trinity and saying, God the Father calling an emergency council meeting of the Trinity and saying, shh, maybe we should expand the circle of this meeting. Let's get the 24 elders in. Please, what do you think about we're going to do about this guy? No, please, please, give God some credit. Give God some credit. The only wise God, the omniscient God, who's going to this for the, before the beginning of times. He knows everything. He even said, he said, they said, oh, Abraham, are you, are you greater than our father Abraham? He says, listen to me. Before Abraham was, I am. They said, oh, so, so have you, do you know Abraham? You know even 50 years old. He said, Abraham saw my day. And he was glad to see my day. Don't accept this situation as final. You can even look at this and say, you are not final. You understand? Unemployment, you cannot be final. You are not final. Joblessness, you are not final. Sickness, <laughs> you are not final. You understand? You are not final. Your legs are your legs are not working right now. You look at the legs and say, This is not your final state. You're on the wheelchair right now. You say to yourself, This is not your final state. You see all those people walking around. That's me right now. That's me. That's me. Take a picture of yourself, what you used to be. Put it in front of you. And say, I'm going back to the studio to do a photo shoot. Thank you, Lord. Don't accept it as final. I've been there, sir. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. Don't accept this as final. Just because some people are laughing at you right now, they, they, they're mocking you, don't accept it as final. God is going to give you an Isaac. Amen. He will bring laughter out of the womb they said is dead. Quickly, because of time, when they got to the end, somehow, along the line in the middle, Jesus showed up. Keep on going, verse 25. Verse 25, please. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, that's the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. Part of the reason why they were so afraid was because they have never seen God move this way before. They know the Jesus that is in the boat that will calm the storm. They know the Jesus that will be by their side. They have never seen any human being that has never been written in history. That any human being, including God, will walk on the sea. They know the God that divides the Red Sea. They know the God that divided the River Jordan. They know the God that divided the River Jordan second time. They know the God that quenched the violence of fire. They know the God that shut the mouth of lions. But what about the God that walks on the sea? They have never seen that before. Excuse me, listen to me. Listen to me. Everything you have heard about God is not all there is about God. Everything you know about God now is not all there is about God. God, If God reveals everything about him to you, your mind will blow. So the one, the little you know, please just understand, it's not all there is to know about God. Just because, you know, God came to for that sister, you know, she did the exam first chance, first time, she passed it, God came for that brother, and so on, God came for this brother, and so on. And you look at all these things and say, yeah, all those options for me are exhausted. What am I going to do now? That's right. You don't know what to do. But trust me, he knows what to do. You have never seen this next move of God in your own life. What is unprecedented is what God is about to do for you. God, listen, God walked on the water for these disciples. Jesus walked on the water for these disciples. He never did it again for another person. If God needs to move in your life, in a way that is particular, specific, and unique to you, he will do that. And I pray for you today, you will see a dimension of God you have never seen before. There is a miracle ahead of you. Even this week, you will see a dimension of God you have never seen before. The name of Jesus Christ. 
But not only that, when Peter now realized that, my goodness, it's not a ghost, he said to Jesus, if it's you now, bid me to come on the water. This, this is another level. Then Jesus said, come. Peter came out of the boat, and Peter started walking on water. Now, it's one miracle for you to tell people at the end of the show that, excuse me, you won't even believe what I've been to to get to this show today. It wasn't a straight journey. For me to get to where I am today in life, you will not believe this. We went through the storm, in the middle of the storm, were, the wind was contrary. But to the glory of God, we're here. You know, and I don't like it when, I'm, when people are trying to share testimonies and others are trying to show them that, you know, so, well, if you see what I've been saying, oh, we give our praise to God be glory. Shut up. You don't even understand. Do you know what it means to go through what I've been through? We give God the glory, but why are you concluding my sentence? I've not even finished my essay. I'm just in the introductory part. You're writing my conclusion. What right do you have when you've not gone through what I've been through? Trying to tell you that it took, me, it took me 24 months looking for a job to get a job. You're telling me we'll give God all the glory. <laughs> you have not empathized with my pain. All you should do at this point, I don't want you to talk, just listen. Lend me your two ears and close your one mouth. <laughs> Peter walked on water, a record breaking achievement, the beginning of greatness, exploit. Exploit. There are testimonies that when Peter and I got to the end of the show, he was telling somebody, excuse me, can I just tell you something? You will not believe it. You can ask those people. I actually walked on water. Said Peter, let's just thank God that you, you made it to the end of the show. Some people, what is about to happen to you? Listen carefully. Even when you tell your best friends, they will not believe how incredible your testimony is. I know I'm speaking to but they will not believe how incredible your testimony is. In the name of Jesus Christ. That testimony, Peter walked on water. He walked on water. Now, let me, let me tie this up so that we can pray. Because we have some way to do today, to pray. Three things you must do. I've told you three things you must not do. The three things you must do, this is very quick. Number one, acknowledge you need a miracle. Don't be proud. Acknowledge it. Don't be proud. You see, listen to me. It is pride not to pray. Not to pray, to be prayerless, not to pray, to call on God, is you are sending a direct, clear message to God Almighty that you are self-sufficient. When you, see, when you don't pray, you're telling God, somebody well, it's just that I'm, I'm just tired. No. You're telling God, I'm self-sufficient. I got this. And God said, oh, 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 sorry about that. You got this? Oh, please. Please, get it and take all the glory. And he watches you. It's like a man that is drowning. Usually, you would think he got it. By the time he's taking a few liters, he would remember, he would not see that he's not got it when he's now floating. Then somebody now comes and rescues him and he's able to move. But initially, he says, oh, I got it, I got it, I'm a swimmer. You have to forget yourself and talk to God. Talk to God. Acknowledge you need a miracle. Somebody shout, I need a miracle. You acknowledge you need it. I'm not ashamed to say I need a miracle. I'm not ashamed to say where I am right now in life, I need God. I'm not ashamed. Yes, you can say, oh, pastor, I thought you went to school. I'm a pastor, I'm so, I'm so ashamed of you. I thought you had this all together. You prima proper, you have all everything together. Yeah. Ah, 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 I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I thought I had it together myself, but I need a miracle. When I left the shore, I had it together. But when I got to the middle of the sea and the wind is contrary, now I know I need a miracle. Lord, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. You're going for an interview. You know you need a miracle. Then the second thing you do, you ask God for the miracle. Peter said, bid me to come to you on the water. Ask him. Ask him. He said, you have not because you ask not. Don't say, God, you, you know, now I've been serving you all these years. Can't you see I need a miracle? The principle in the kingdom is that God says, you have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. You have to open your mouth to ask him. You give him legitimacy to intervene in your situation. Ask God. And number three, anticipate your miracle. 
I acknowledge it, I ask him, and I'm looking forward to it. Because there's a miracle ahead of me. And I acknowledge him, Lord, I need a miracle. I ask him, Lord, give me a miracle. Then I begin to look forward to it. I begin to speak the language of faith now. Don't worry. It's going to turn out well. How is it going to turn out well? Do you know exactly I don't know the how? I should not know how the bone grows in the womb of a woman. So you don't know the works of God. I, 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 I don't know. It will, be, it will be presumption to tell you I know exactly how God will work it out. But one thing I know is I know he's a covenant-keeping God. He will not let you down. Concerning your children, he will not let you down. Concerning your own life, he will not let you down. You begin to anticipate a miracle. I, I woke up this very early hours of this morning, as God put this in my heart, you know, since the week, during the week, I woke up early hours of this morning anticipating a miracle. As I was praying, pacing up and down, early hours of this morning in my house, I found myself a few times, I'm just remembering now, going to the front door in the middle of the night, opening the door, closing the back again. Something in me! Just, it's just in the realm of the spirit, prophetically, anticipating the miracle, because good news is coming. I hear, I hear the footsteps of good news. There's a miracle ahead of you. Shame is not ahead of you. That one person I'm speaking to, shame is not ahead of you. Reproach is not ahead of you. Bad news is not ahead of you. I have to let somebody here know. Listen very carefully to me. I've been there. I have the T-shirt. There are people, vultures, that are hovering around you, that are waiting. They think it's going to be your carcass, but they're joking. They think it's going to be the carcass of your profession. They think it's going to be the carcass of your career. They think they will come and console you concerning your children. But that's a lie of the devil! Listen to me. Nobody is going to come to your house to console you. Nobody is coming 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 to weep with you. If I were you, I would say, live in a even. Nobody is coming to weep with you. Nobody is coming to weep with you. I think you should exercise your own faith. You are going to look at three, two or three people around you and tell them, you will not weep with me. Amen. And I will not weep with you. You will not weep with me and I will not weep with you. You will not weep with me and I will not weep with you. Come on. Oh, yes. Tell them, that's your faith. That's your faith. Be active. You will not weep with me. You're not coming to console me. And I'm not coming to console you. Listen now. We're about to enter some minutes now for miracles to happen all over this place. There is a miracle ahead of you. Open your mouth and say to yourself, there is a miracle ahead of me. Open your mouth and say to yourself, there is a miracle ahead of me. Make sure you're opening your mouth and saying it, there is a miracle ahead of me. Open one more time, say it, there is a miracle ahead of me. Have you been blessed at all today? What is ahead of you? What is ahead of you? I want to pray for somebody that is here that listen very carefully to the word that God gave me, spoke to my spirit. This week, you were down. You were down this week. There's nothing wrong in that. There's nothing wrong with that. If you have never done anything major in your life, if your life is not moving anywhere, that's when you've never gone through anything like that. Even Jesus needed someone of Syrian to carry his cross. He needed an angel in 2143 of Luke to strengthen him from heaven. Why do you think that was needed? He said, my soul was sorrowful unto death, Jesus said. That's another way of saying, man, this thing is a little bit, a little bit tougher than I thought it would be. This week, 
we're going to that challenge. I want to first assure you, you're not going to drown. You will not drown. I want to pray for you. You don't even need to come out. Don't worry. I want to pray for you. God told me he was going to open the book of remembrance concerning you. I don't know where it's going to come from. It might be near. It might be far. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. You're in the presence of God. It's okay. It's okay. God has seen your tears. My sister. God has seen your tears. Don't cry. Don't cry. You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. You come before your God Almighty. Look at me, my sister. Look at me, my sister. It's okay. It's okay. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy will come in the morning. Let, Father, I pray. Let her come back to this same spot and come and laugh. At the amazing turnaround she will see. So I speak that turn around over you now. In Jesus' name. God bless you, my sister. Bless you. It will seem you have been forgotten. And people are looking at you and they're saying, look at him. He's been forgotten. You're that person you're here. God is opening the book of remembrance. Let somebody here know. People around you will be shocked at the transformation you're going to see. If they think they saw something yesterday, they ain't seen anything yet. What God is about to do in your life in the next weeks, it will shock everybody around you. So I pray for you now, if you're in that category, whereby a book of remembrance needs to be opened. The Bible says that night, Esther chapter 6, verse 1. The king could not sleep. God opened the book of remembrance in heaven. And it was reflected on earth. The heart of men will be open. The heart of women will be open towards you. The heart of families will be open towards you. The heart of institutions will be open towards you. The heart of organizations will be open towards you. Jobs you applied for that you have forgotten and they have forgotten you. They will remember you this week. People that God has given instructions to years ago, months ago, weeks ago, and somehow the circumstances of life have choked that instruction. Distraction have taken them away from it. And here you are, this day, may the book of remembrance be open concerning you. Men will remember you for good. Women will remember you for good. Families will remember you for good. Institutions will remember you for good. Please let your amen be loud and clear. <laughs> Peter walked on water. He was sinking. People were laughing. He was sinking. They were laughing. Jesus stretched out his hand. He was walking, they were surprised. <laughs> all those that saw you sinking, all those that saw you in your prior state of vulnerability, and they've already written a full stop where God is, has put a comma. In the name of Jesus, they will see your mighty turn around for a testimony. <laughs> From this day, as I stand here as a representative of God Almighty, you will be remembered for good. You will be remembered for good. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will be remembered for good. So, I speak this last declaration over you. Please, don't take this lightly at all. The door could not be opened from the inside to the outside. But the door was opened from the outside to the inside. In Genesis 41 verse 14. Nobody on the inside had the authority to open that door to go for Joseph to go out. But somebody on the outside had the authority for Joseph to come out. Nobody on the inside had the authority for Joseph to go out. But somebody on the outside had the authority for Joseph to come out. So in the name of Jesus, 
in the name of Jesus the Christ, I step in from the outside. Every door the enemy has shut against your destiny, I command it to be open now in Jesus' name. Shot against your destiny. Doors concerning your employment. Doors concerning your business. Doors concerning your womb. Doors concerning your joy. Doors concerning your marriage. Doors concerning your relationship. Right now, may the doors be open in Jesus' name. 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 So just like they called Joseph from that time on and he shaved, he knew there is now a miracle ahead of him. What is ahead of you right now? There's a miracle ahead of me. Come on, open your mouth and declare it. There is a miracle. Come on, what is ahead of you now? Tell me, tell me, it's a miracle ahead of me. Come on, take one or two steps and tell people around you, there is a miracle ahead of me. Come on, come on now, there is a miracle ahead of me. Don't be afraid to go step forward now. Don't be afraid to go forward now because there is a miracle ahead of me. There is a miracle ahead of you. There is a miracle ahead of you. If there is a miracle ahead of you, what are you waiting for? Jump that feet on the floor. Open your mouth. Give him a shot. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.